Tapes. The most listened to radio show on the planet. Even the other stations are tuned in too. Hi, this is Jeff Joyner. You might know me as Coaster Dad or Logan's Dad from Coaster Kids. You're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hi, I'm John. And I'm Tyler. I'm a Coaster Kids ambassador. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to the Coaster, Coaster Challenge, Challenge Podcast. I accept the Coaster Challenge. 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 Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? What is the Coaster Challenge? A group of regular people that went from fearful to fearless, all from riding roller coasters. So please secure your hats and glasses. It's time to take the Coaster Challenge with your hosts, David Cantu and J.D. Prescott. Hey, how's it going, J.D.? It's going great, David. How are you? Doing good, doing good. How's your week been? Uh, it's, it's, it's been a week. Yeah, one heck of a week for all, both of us, I would say. Yeah, well, 4th of July is coming right around the corner. Oh, yeah. Happy 4th to everybody out there. Happy, happy Independence Day. Yeah. Uh, let's say this Independence Day is going to be very special. This is going to be a true Independence Day. We're going to yeah. be independent from COVID. <laughs> well, figuratively. Yeah. But I will say it would be a lot better than what last year's Independence Day was. Yeah, watching fireworks at, on TV at home. Yeah. <laughs> Not being able to do anything outside like we used to. I mean, I used to spend my 4th of July at the theme parks. I remember the last 4th of July, I was at Knott's Berry Farm. And uh, that was one of the really fun 4th of July events I ever got to take part of. I mean, geez, the last one I remember was 2019. Yeah. We were at, well, it was the day after 4th of July, but we went to Disneyland. Yeah. Uh, all the parks really give really good 4th of July events. It's just really awesome. And uh, But we've got a very special guest today, and I'm very excited. we got Ian Kaufman. Andrew is uh, uh, with him today, and uh, got a very exciting episode there. But until then, let's start our lovely segment, J.D., the YouTube Highlight Clip of the Week. YouTube clip of the week. All right, so JD and I happened to saw a very interesting clip uh, this week. Um, it's something I've never really seen happen before on a roller coaster, and I hope to hope that nobody ever gets to experience something like this. You want to talk a little about it, JD? Yeah, um, it, it happens to airplanes, but um, it's it's called a bird strike. <laughs> a bird strike. And so this guy is riding a, a, a roller coaster, doing over a hundred, and uh, he gets a he gets a bird to the throat. Literally a bird to the throat. The YouTube video is called "Bird Crashes into Man's Face on a Roller Coaster," and it happened to be on Red Force over at Ferrari Land in Spain. And uh, if you, are, if for those that are non-coaster enthusiasts, I'm pretty sure many coaster enthusiasts know about Red Force. Red Force is is a basically a replica of Top Throw Dragster over at Cedar Point. But I was really surprised because uh, Red Force, uh, its max speed is only 112 miles per hour where top thrill dragster is 120 miles per hour but the unique thing about this one was right as they were in the launch the first launch yeah a blackbird literally just crashed into this guy's face it was like stuck on him and he literally took his hand grabbed the bird and just threw it just flung it right off the top top and he's sitting there looking at at his friend next to him he's like did you see that that was a bird a bird crashed right into me I'm like, wow! I go on a coaster. I feel sorry for the bird. <laughs> Probably had a broken wing on that one. Yeah, yeah unfortunately. <laughs> but 
uh, we've seen we've uh, we've seen some things happen on a roller coaster we've where seen people we've black out. We've seen people throw up. We've seen objects fall, and we've seen people break up. Yeah, but seeing a bird actually crash into somebody while on a coaster i guess goggles will need to be required if because these guys were sitting in the front row of that train no i would probably say a face shield (laughs) face shield yeah (laughs) well since we're still in covid well it it would work with (laughs) i don't know man but luckily the beak of that bird because you know i've i have had i i had this discussion in a previous episode but there was one time i actually was on full throttle over at Six Flags Magic Mountain. And when we were going through that gigantic loop, because the one thing about full throttle, it's got that gigantic loop. So when you go upside down, you're upside down for quite a while. And I remembered I was seeing this shiny silver thing just floating down. And I took a closer look and it turned out to be a quarter. And that quarter was coming closer to me and closer to me. And all of a sudden it just smacked me right in the shoulder. But my goodness, JD, it felt like a bullet. And just like it, it left a mark on my shoulder and it hurt. I was like, wow. I mean, if a quarter can do that, what if... Uh, I mean, I felt the bee hit me in the face on... Uh, I've it? seen Superman. bugs. I've, I've seen a bug. I uh, remember the, the episode of Jimmy Fallon when oh, he yeah. was riding Rip Ride Rocket over at Universal Orlando and uh, with Kevin Hart, and he, he had a bug crash right into his face. It was just, you know, like... Well, it like a fly or a beetle yeah. or something. But this was a full-on-sized bird. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow. Like, Did you see that? that I'm like, oh, my a, God. That was a good-sized bird. Yeah, I'm like, dang, man. <laughs> so it's amazing. <laughs> but like I said, it's Mother Nature, man. You just don't know what can happen with the roller coaster. Birds don't know. Hey, fast-moving object coming this way. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it, it's it's insane. Uh, we'll say, but I guess, uh, guys, it's something that you know it's you can't control it's something that mother nature does but uh you it's, know it's I, out of your control all you have to do is just sit there and take it all those got a duck <laughs> no please let's let's not let it be a duck yeah oh yeah <laughs> well that would hurt yeah well i will say uh that guy <laughs> definitely is keeping that one in the memory books on that one yeah he, he's got the video to prove it well, too bad he doesn't have a ride photo. Could you imagine the ride photo on that ride? Because you know that type of that type of Intamin ride, they take a before photo right at launch, and then they take an after photo afterwards, like Top Throw Dragster does. Could you imagine seeing a ride photo and you just see this bird all <laughs> bird all on you? <laughs> a bird die. <laughs> so the typical bird strike. So always when you ride a roller coaster, beware of the bird. Yeah, exactly. Have you ever heard the birds the word? <laughs> Oh, family game. <laughs> anyway, guys, well, that will be the YouTube highlight clip of the week. YouTube clip of the week. So today we have uh, Andrew standing by with uh, Ian. Yes, this is going to be a really fun, fun interview. Um, this is, uh, it's really an honor to have Ian on today, and uh, it's going to be a really exciting episode. So take it away, Andrew. Thank you, David and JD. This is Andrew, one of the producers of the Coaster Challenge podcast with you guys today. Today I'm doing a special interview. We've got a very special guest today. His name is Ian, and those of you listening may know Ian best from the Park Stop podcast that he co-hosts along with Alicia Stella. 
as well as the Theme Park Stop group on Facebook. Welcome to the podcast, Ian. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. We're proud to have you. We're proud. Well, you'll see what you'll be doing here in a moment. Yeah. Um, so I already introduced you and told you kind of some some theme parky related things that you do. Is there anything else you wanted to tell us about yourself to start with? Uh, no, I mean, if what do you want to know about me? I am a conundrum. I don't look. If you met me in person, you wouldn't think theme park. Not even a little bit. <laughs> I have a big long I think beard. sense I'm of a- anarchy. Yeah, Sons yeah. Of big long beard. Yeah, yeah. I'm a biker. I like weightlifting. I don't look like a theme park person at all. I think it's pretty funny. I have demons tattooed on me. It's pretty interesting. I don't know. That is that is funny. So, but yeah, in terms of this podcast is about theme parks and uh, also roller coasters and so forth. So obviously, you know something about theme parks, but uh, you know, getting involved no. with Alicia Stella and the Park Stop podcast and so forth. So where does where do theme parks come into your life? How does that you know part of your life? Uh, I started going. When I was a kid. My parents started taking me to Walt Disney World as a kid. Actually, I went to Disneyland as a baby. I just don't remember it, obviously. Then we moved right. to Florida and I was going to Walt. I've been going to Walt Disney World for as long as I can remember. So even before Epcot was there, I just, it's been a long time. Wow. Okay. So you lived as a little kid. You lived in Florida. Yeah. As a kid till I was about eight, I was in uh, St. Petersburg. So we used to go out. We had a time. We still have a timeshare. We've had a timeshare for 40 years, like longer than DVC has been around right in Kissimmee. So we've been going out there forever. Wow. Nice. That's awesome. All right. All right. So obviously you've got some pretty long-standing roots with theme parks. So no. speaking of, you know, <laughs> you, you know, you don't remember going to Disney when you were a kid, but you know, what is your first recollection? What is the first theme park attraction you have memories of going on? So the first thing I remember fully and cognitively would be uh, Spaceship Earth. It, it just hit me. Epcot used to be my favorite when I was a kid. Sorry, I got dogs. Um, <laughs> no worries. Epcot was my favorite always as a kid. So I always wanted to go there. I made my parents go on imagination till they were blue in the face. And I always loved Spaceship Earth. I thought it was really cool to go inside that thing. I thought the building itself was awesome going inside the globe. So yeah, that's what I remember first. Hanging on every word. I remember Walter Cronkite's narration. That's how long ago I remember. Oh, yeah. So not I the very too. first, but I remember Cronkite's. Right, right. I first went to Epcot, like you, you know, you and I are both East Coasters. I know you live in Connecticut now. I'm from New Jersey, grew up in New Jersey. I used to go down to Florida all the time, grandparents down here and just going down for vacations, going to Disney and things like that. Um, My first trip to Disney World was when I was four. And that's when I rode Space Mountain. That was my first coaster ever. But one of my trips soon thereafter, a little bit later on as a teenager, I would have been about 13, uh, was actually going down. And that was in 86. So that was just a few years after Epcot opened. That was my first trip to Epcot. And, you know, I was 13, so it's not like I was that young, but I just, it's been, it's been a while, you know, I'm not, no spring chicken about 30 years ago. So I just don't remember all the attractions. I have little tiny memories, but I remember Spaceship Earth and remember some of the, a lot of the future world attractions that I went on. Remember uh, Universe of Energy, um, whatever it was called back then, that giant vehicle that moved around. And I just thought Epcot was so amazing. So, well, futuristic. Of course, now it's, now it's changed a little bit. You know, we need some upgrades that they're working on. But uh, Dude, okay, I, so remember, spaceship, yeah. I remember Communicore where they had the interactive stuff. And the one memory that stuck yes. to me both about that was they had a touchscreen build your own roller coaster with like a woodchuck thing. I remember that animation stuff from so long ago. And it's one of the few things that stuck with me from the 80s from being in the Communicore buildings. But That's nobody right. else seems That's to remember right. it, but I do. <laughs> 
I, I have vague right. recollections of that too. And being, you know, big into technology and now being an engineer as an adult that, you know, I definitely had those roots of, I always loved science from as yeah, I was yeah. a little kid, watch, yeah, watching the spatial takeoff back in 81 and, you know, all that stuff. But so first, yeah, Spaceship Earth was your first. That's a great first attraction to remember. Now I know you're again, more of a theme park person, than a coaster person, but there's all sorts of attractions out there. And it's not just coasters that can be an intense or intimidating. So I know you're a big Disney guy. I love Universal as well whether it be Disney Universal or any other parks, what would you say over the years was the attraction that scared you the most at any theme park? <laughs> uh, depending on what age you ask me. My first roller coaster was Big Thunder Mountain and I went on it when I was four and I cried the entire time, which sounds weird because I'm, I ride motorcycles now, but I was terrified. My mom was like, this is going to be so fun. I was terrified. I didn't get on another coaster until I was 18. So Big Thunder was my first coaster and it terrified me. Terrified. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, my my first coaster was a Disney coaster when I was four and it was um, a Space Mountain here in Florida, Magic Kingdom. But okay. So I might want to dive into that one or might want to look at another one. So it depends. So you were only four years old. Do you remember having the fear being in the queue line and things like that? Or was it just kind of choppy? You do. Oh, I was scared. I was terrified. I was crying. All right. All right, let's unpack that a little bit. So you're first, so you're four years old, getting in line for for Big Thunder Mountain. Now, Big Thunder Mountain, unlike Space Mountain, my first, it's outside. You can see what's going on. You see that train just, you know, that almost like a runaway train going through all over the place there and the tracks and everything. Tell me as you're you're with your parents, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. With my mom. Okay. Mm-hmm. So tell me with your mom going through that queue line, you know, waiting, however long you waited, what were you thinking? How, how were your thoughts, your feelings? What was going on there? I was just terrified. I couldn't believe what I was seeing that I was going to go on this thing. I was holding on to my mom's hand with both of my little hands, burying my face in her hand and her arm and her, like her stomach, everything. I was so terrified, man. We get on the ride. I get buckled in and we go up the hill in the cavern with the rock falling and all that stuff. Yeah, I lost it, man. I was crying. I covered my eyes the rest of the ride. And that's the last time I went on a roller coaster until I was about 18. Okay. So this is interesting because uh, normally- No, no have... it's not. No, no, this, no, it is interesting. So you'll, you'll understand why in a moment. You know, as I told you offline before the interview, Ian, we normally ask some, some similar types of questions, especially in the yeah, first yeah. half of the interview. And normally what happens, and this is typically for people, they it's older, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's the coaster that scared them the most or whatnot. It was when they were older, they were afraid, you know, a lot of it's like uh, for David and for myself later on in life, it was being a, about going on an upside down roller coaster. That was like the big triumphant thing that we both went through separately. And as adults, we, we go through it. We're scared of it. We get on it, peer pressure, whatever it may be, we conquer it. And then there's some positivity that comes from that now. And maybe there's another story we'll talk about here, another ride for you, but but let's first finish up with Big Thunder. So you you covered your eyes. You were freaked out. The falling rocks. It was a traumatic experience. The ride itself is a traumatic experience. Oh, yeah. Big time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it okay. me off coasters forever, ever. For another 14 years. So yep. when you got up. So when you got off that ride, you probably what relieved that it was over. I was relieved what it was over. Thinking? And I was still I was I was actually I was actually pissed at my mom. I, w- I remember being angry as hell at my mom. I was pissed. <laughs> she betrayed you, <laughs> right? Pissed. Right? How dare she? Straight up. How yep. dare she yeah, take I you on mad. that? Right. I, I wasn't relieved. Right. I was just angry. Okay. So I was like, you okay. said it was going to be fun. I was scared the whole time. You know, that kind of stuff. Just right. super mad at Yeah. Well, I mean, four years old. I mean, Disney, obviously, to this day, is very focused on families and caters to young kids, especially in Fantasyland and some of the other lighter attractions. But, you know, Disney's coasters, you know, they're they're not necessarily giant beasts of, of steel. But still, they can be scary to a young kid. 
No, very scary. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. So 14 years later, you ride your next coaster. Well, or, or maybe it wasn't that. Is there something that happened later on as a child, teenager, where you went through an experience where you were afraid to go on a ride? It was it was turned out differently where you actually conquered your fear and you, it was a positive experience. You know, I don't, I don't remember actually that any of that. I remember when I was 18, I was in the parks with one of my one of my best friends who I'm still friends with today. And he had never been on Space Mountain before either. We both just kind of decided to do it at the same time. So we just went on it and we just kind of did it. We're like, that wasn't bad at all. We thought it was going to be scary and it was just kind of fun. So then from then on, I've just been going, just been going with it, like coasters, all this stuff. So that's pretty much all it was. Just It just clicked in my head one day. I was like, I'm going to do this. And we decided to do it. It just happened to be at the same time. So we were like, let's go on it. And we were like nervous going in and everything. And we got done. We just came off laughing. Like it was fun. Okay. Like, what were we so scared about. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean, I know you're kind of playing it off as, you know, okay, just something that happened and, you know, it was fine and yeah, you yeah. were fine afterwards. But I, I think we can dive into this a little bit. So, you know, like you said, you're, you had not been on Space Mountain, obviously, and your friend had not been on it. And you guys were a little nervous. You're, you know, you're teenagers, plus not having been on it. This is before the days of POVs. So yep. you couldn't look up what it looked like. You didn't know what it was going to be like. So that's, nope. that's scary. So you were on the line and you were a little bit, a little bit scared about it, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. We were nervous. We were definitely nervous. Okay. But we, were, we were ready to go, but yeah, definitely right, nervous, you, man. You were nervous, but you're like, you felt like, okay, now's the time. And you got on the ride and you rode it. Tell me about what the experience of being on the ride was that first time. I just, re- I just remember laughing, man, to be honest, we were just laughing the whole time we got up, we were laughing. We did everything after that together. Like he and I went on to Universal, did the mummy like back to back, like four or five times, like all these things. Like we kept going on coasters together after that. So nice. So was that that same trip? Uh, I believe it might have been, but he and I did a couple together. So it, it might have been in all my trips. I've been so many times, it's just like a big block of memory for me for the most part. But uh, yeah, we, we did a bunch right. of that. We, we took my cousin on the mummy and she was scared and uh, she made a face and that we took her on again and we mimicked her face. So we all were doing the same face and she, <laughs> she hit a. She hit us like she was mad at us. That's great. <laughs> so show up in the photo. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we posed just yeah. for the photo. We knew she was going to make Perfect. the face, so we posed. Yep. Yeah, I've done some crazy photos with friends over the years where we synchronized. We did well, three of us in one time. I think it was on um, Gardens of the Galaxy, Mission Breakout. And and uh, we one of us was, you know, it was yeah, like, hear, hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. So each of us was doing one of those three and just stuff like that. But it's fun times. Yeah, it's but, fun. Uh, but go, yeah, of course. So going back to Space Mountain that first time. So you laughed on it. So obviously yeah. a positive experience, Oh yeah, like yeah. the opposite of uh, Big Thunder. And so getting off the ride, like you, you conquered it and you had fun doing it. So how did you, was your perspective different? How did you feel about things after getting off that? Space so mountain? this is kind of what it felt like to both of us. We, we talked about it afterwards and it was kind of like relief. Like we had been going to the park so long and yet we still had new things to do that were not necessarily new in the park, but it gave us new things to do that we weren't used to doing or in, or adding into our schedules or whatever our days for the parks, you know? So it was kind of exhilarating right. in that way because now we don't just have this list. We have this list plus new stuff and new stuff we can do multiple times in a row if you want, you know, depending on the time right. of year and all that when we were going. So it opened up a whole new door for us, which was great and obviously amazingly fun. So got it. So, so basically now that you'd conquered that coaster and you laughed and you loved it, you, for one thing, had all these rides you hadn't done yet that now you felt like you could do. And then, yep. like you said, you also could have all these rides to do over again. So I have more to do just returning to the parks. Yeah. Right? And it was like, right. it, was, it was like the parks added rides just for us. You know, it was something new to us. Right. So. Right. Okay. Cool so, so it sounds like, right. So it sounds like Space Mountain, that ride when you're 18, that was a real transformational for you. It, it really kind of changed the parks for you. 
Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it definitely added more and it, it it opened up more things to us. So it was a big change for us. I mean, it didn't nice. we didn't shy away from anything at Universal now. We went on those rides, all those coasters, like nothing nothing was closed off to us anymore. So it was great. Nice. And the, what year was this? Now, of course, you're going to show your age here, but what year was this uh, when you're 18? <laughs> I don't know, man. Probably like, probably like 96, 97. I'm old. Okay. I'm like, I'm like 42, man. So, yeah. So 96, I was kind of wondering if it was like late 90s. So yeah, 96, 97. Uh, that's what I was guessing around the time you were talking about. And that actually, I think it was 96 that Mummy in Orlando opened. So that was like, yeah, I think it ride. was. Yeah, yeah, I think it was. Yeah. That's still one been of my on- favorites. I remember Confrontation, dude. I loved that ride. I loved hanging out of the cart and looking around the city and stuff, even more than even more than Kong half the time. I, I thought the sets were so cool in that ride. Nice, nice. Yeah, I never got to do Confrontation. I got to do the Kong part of the tram tour back in the you know the eighties and nineties in uh, Universal Hollywood, but never got to do the the one here in Florida, unfortunately. But yeah, Mummy is one of my still one of my favorite attractions yeah, in Universal Orlando. That's so yeah, awesome. Yeah. Okay. Great. Great. So yeah. So I, you know, obviously things transformed for you there. Did, you know, going from having not been on a coaster again, not being on a a bigger ride again, uh, to now having fun and laughing and just being positive, you know, obviously the parks changed for you in a positive way. Was there any impact at this point on your life where things were different, maybe facing fears or, or dealing with things you were a little bit uncertain of? So I went through a lot of phases of my life. I was at that time, I was a hardcore kid. So we were doing underground music and doing a lot of things on our own. There was no security. There were no cops around. We were just insane kids. We were all outcasts just kind of together. So at that part, uh, point in my life, I had really just started to like open up and explore things about myself um, around people that were like-minded and similar. I went to a high school that was full of like upper middle class, like preppy kids. Not that I was poor. I'm not saying that, but I just never, I, I never was able to jive with them. Like never. Right. Um, and then I found music and through music, I ended up in the hardcore scene. And from that point on, my life really opened up even going to the parks as a teenager with some of my friends that kind of even before like the Space Mountain thing, when we would just go to the parks, my parents would just drop us off like 15 or 16 year old kids just running through the parks on our own. <laughs> right. Um, but they knew because we were going to I live in Connecticut. So we we do like a weekend like this. They, they knew they could trust us because like Friday night I'd be in Maine. Saturday, I'd be in like Massachusetts. And then Sunday, I could be in like Pennsylvania for a matinee for like music, all music, just riding around with our friends. So wow. I earned my parents' trust fully. So they felt fine dropping us off. Actually, one of my friends that would go with me that got dropped off, we went to Medieval Times and it was raining on his, his one of his local band hats, this band Tyron Trooper that we were friends with, flew off his head and he jumped in the moat in the castle to get his hat back. <laughs> Cause he wanted it so bad. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the kind of kids we ended up being like, we were just a little outside of our minds, you know, but it was fun. We were exploring who we were. So that's kind of probably what got me to space mountain indirectly or not was just being in that phase. And then I've continued that, like being on the podcast with Alicia, I just said, yes, like I was nervous and worried that I wouldn't have anything to say. I just said, yes. And it's been over a year now and it's, it's a lot of fun, man. So, I mean, theme parks have given me a lot in general, lots of memories and my family opened up doors for me that I never would have thought of. Like who, when I was, when I was a kid in the nineties, who thought I'd be sitting on a podcast talking about theme parks? Like who, who thought that was going to happen ever, you know? Right. Right. Same here. Same here. And I'm, I've never been involved with three different ones. I'm, I'm involved with two concurrently right now with the, between here coaster challenge and then also aces uh, ride with us podcast for the official ace podcast. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. And I, I know you and I've talked a lot about that. We've got that in common and, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, one of the things I um, was thinking about is you can call it 
a little bit of uh, research for this podcast interview with you, but really it's just me catching up on my podcast. And you saw me texting you about it yesterday. Uh, you know, I caught up <laughs> on the latest uh, Park Stop episode, which was awesome. So, you know, by the way, kind of quick plug for, for you guys. So Coaster Challenge listeners, you know that, that Coaster Challenge is all about inclusivity, whether it be different viewpoints, different, uh, you know, favorite rides, you know, different political views, different backgrounds, different ethnicities, men, women, we're everyone, age, we're, we're, we include everyone, but also we're about inclusivity in terms of we're not in competition with other podcasts, with other coaster channels. You know, we're, we're 5013C, we're all about donating to charity, but we're not in it for ourselves. So uh, to that end, I've mentioned other organizations before. So I mentioned already Park Stop Podcast. So um, again, Ian is the co-host of that show, along with Alicia Stella Mercer. And that name right there especially might ring a bell for you guys. If anyone is on Twitter, especially, uh, Alicia is someone that gets a lot of information out to all of us that are excited about new attractions and even new parks coming up. And uh, yesterday, I listened to the latest Park Stop episode, which I recommend to all of our listeners, you as well, David, uh, anyone that, especially for Universal, but Disney as well, uh, that wants to learn you know, about the latest information about these parks that are opening, these new lands, these new attractions. Uh, Park Stop is a great source for that. The podcast is fun. I encourage you to listen Thanks, to man. it. So, Thanks. Yeah, of course, of course. So let's go, kind of get back to the interview here. So so we talked a little bit, okay, about how you kind of became a little more free-spirited and as a teenager, and but in a good way, it sounds like. Sounds oh, yeah. like, you know, very respectful with your parents. And, you know, I know music, you and I talked about music a lot. Music's a big part <laughs> of your life as it is for me too, oh, yeah. although not to the degree it is for you. And you got to explore and, you know, you're able to kind of do your own thing at theme parks with your friends, even early on. That's awesome. Obviously you've spent time at parks, especially here in Orlando. So tell me what is the craziest moment you ever had on an attraction? Oh man, I don't even know. That's hard. I have lots of weird. So let's see. There's one time when uh, one of my idiot friends and I, who were not being respectful at the time, were on Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, and we accidentally may have stood up in the car and punched one of the flats that opened up as a gate. So each of us hit one side. So we kind of timed it. So we hit it and it opened. Yeah, we did stupid stuff, man. I mean, like I just told you the story of my friend diving into the moat for his hat. I mean, there's gators and snakes, right. and he was like, I need my hat. So he went for it. He came out soaked. <laughs> um, I mean, we were just crazy kids. We ran all over the place. So I don't even know, like how all the fun stuff we were talking about, like making faces. Like we literally did that to my poor cousin who was terrified for real. And she got mad at us, like I said, and hit us and then started laughing. But it's just so many things we got. off. We got offered once to do um, to do the water, you know, the water tank scene at uh, the, the backstage tour, the backlot tour. And my friends and I looked at each other. We're like, no, thanks. We've seen that. We don't want to be soaked for the rest of the day. So, like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, you just got to be around. I mean, I kind of wish I said yes to that, but at the same time, I'm glad I wasn't soaked all day, you know, like wet, right. and wet socks are horrible. Yep. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. That's a tough question. I just, it's all one big block memory. Um, there was a time when I was younger, we went with uh, some family friends of ours that I actually call, I consider my cousins and my aunt and uncle. We were, we were in uh, the land pavilion. And on the upper level, they had four velvet ropes on like a four by four area roped off. So we all crowded around. There was nothing there. We don't know what it was. There was nothing in the middle. But all of us, there was about eight of us. We crowded around this thing and we just started making faces and like making noises like there was something really cool in there that people couldn't see. So they kept coming over and trying to look over us to see what we were looking at. And there was nothing there. We were just messing with people like my entire family was just messing with people. So that was pretty fun. <laughs> funny yeah, there's nothing there is yeah, you ever get you ever get stuck on an attraction or ever had anything weird happen during a ride i or? i have been evac off everest 
saw all of the interior of Everest, all the different color coded framework in there, the base for the mummy, all that stuff. Wow. The odd, the odd thing that I remember the most is there was a frog that was flat in the doorway because it had been in the doorway when someone closed the door. <laughs> so there was just this dried oh, pancake frog stuck in a door frame. <laughs> I was, I'm blanking on names right now of rides. I was evac'd off of the uh, high in the sky Seuss trolley train ride. I was evac'd off. Oh, of that. yeah. That was pretty fun. We just sat there and then they give you passes, you know, so you get like front of the line passes. But the cool thing about Everest, going back to that, is the guy, yeah. the, the CM that was offloading us and getting us out of there was actually a former tour guide. So he was basically giving us a behind the scenes tour after yelling at us to make sure our cameras and our phones were away because, you know, no pictures and uh, stuff back there. But then right. we basically got a behind the scenes tour. And then that was the last ride we were doing that day. So we asked if we could have a, a, a front of the line pass for something else in a different park. And he's like, just go to guest relations and they'll hook you up. I'm like, cool. Thanks, man. It was it was awesome. So we literally got a guided tour through Everest, like behind that's, the scenes. That's thing. awesome. It was really cool. Yeah, it was really cool. That's like that's totally a plus up right there. That's really cool. Um, yeah, for free. Where- <laughs> Yeah. Do you remember approximately where in the ride it got stuck? Yeah, right after the helix where you go backwards, right around the helix where you go backwards and it goes back right. up and you lock right before you go forward again. We got stuck right. and we got uh, at the stop at the break right there. And that's where we got evac'd off. Interesting. So I, I'm pretty sure it was on this podcast. I've been doing a lot of interviews lately. I'm pretty sure it was on this podcast. So it might have been a different interview, but I was talking to someone recently, nonetheless, where they got stuck at the same place, kind of getting That's into interesting. more of the, yeah, well, it, it is and it, and it isn't this, uh, this gets into more of the coaster side of, of this podcast. Yeah. Yeah, um, bring it. yeah. So just a little bit behind the scenes for you. So, uh, and I know Alicia gets into this a little bit, some of the manufacturers and stuff. And you guys talk about this. Everest was built by Vacoma and and Vacoma, yep, yep. Ian, have you been to like Six Flags parks, things like that? Yeah, but not in a long time. I don't really go to them much. Not, like we okay. got Six Flags New England, which is really not that great. So Right. Great Adventure is better. That's close to you too. But okay. Yeah. Have you ever heard of the Boomerang? Oh, yeah, okay. definitely. So the Boomerang was made by Vacoma as well. And yep. I have been, the one time I've been evac off of a coaster, I've been evac off of other rides, was off of a boomerang. It was in Discovery Kingdom in California, in the Bay Area. And what happens with boomerangs is, you know, they, they get pulled up and they launch, they go down, they go through the boomerang, if you will, yep. and then yep. the, the, the vertical loop, and then they go up the other lift hill. And so they mm-hmm. go up most of the way, but then they get to get stuck. They get to get caught and pulled up. So that way they have more potential energy to drop and go all the way through. Yep. Well, what happened to boomerangs back when they first were installed back in like the mid nineties is they would not always get caught by that second lift hill. They would go back down, not have enough energy to make it through all the way and get stuck in the boomerang. Mostly usually stuck in the boomerang. And that actually happened at Discovery Kingdom. So a number of years later, as these accidents happened, Vacoma installed a retrofitting. They installed sensors and a braking mechanism right before the loop, between the second lift hill and the loop. That way, if it didn't catch, the brakes would get turned on and stop the train. And that's how I got, yeah, that's how I got stuck in a boomerang. What's scary is if it didn't have that, if I'd been on that a few years before, I would have got stuck in the boomerang, which would have really sucked. Anyway, so that's Vacoma technology. Everest was built a little bit later in the early 2000s, but similar kind of technology where after you go backwards, you get kind of caught up at the the top there and then it lets you go. And, you know, that's tricky. You know, sometimes it doesn't catch. So it's happened to you. It's happened to others. And, um, you know, so that's cool. You got evac. So were there any interesting, I know you couldn't take pictures. Were there any interesting things as you're getting that tour, how you're getting evac, any kind of scary areas where it was like, it was like a high up or anything like that? Or it was like being inside of a giant dome. Like it was really tall inside there and all you could see everything was open like you could 
they, they, the roller coaster frame and the building frame are two different colors, so they could easily tell which is which. I think it was red and black, if memory serves. Right. So you're just in this thing, and it's just just tall, open. You can you can kind of see the top, but it's pretty tall. It's not just some short, like low ceiling thing. It's pretty wide open in there, from what I remember. We went down a couple steps and went through like a couple different rooms, but I remember the big room the most because he pointed right at the base and he goes, "That's the base that he stands on," and I'm like, "Oh." Well, can I go? He, I, obviously, I couldn't get close enough to go look for the crack or any of the other things that they say is wrong with it, but I wanted right. to. <laughs> yeah. Did you yeah, want to go like, say hi to the, the base disco? It stands on. Yeah, yeah. Did you want to go say hi to the disco Yeti? <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I love that, dude. Of course. I wish he moved. That, yeah, right. Used to. I've been on Everest when he moved because I wrote it first Yeah, me year, too. Right after open. Oh, nice. Nice. It's a rare credit yeah, yeah. right there. Yeah. It was so good. Oh, yeah. The way his arm came down. Oh, yeah. It was, it was a huge out in the front, <sighs> too. It's really, yeah. Well, so long, Joe. I guess that may never happen, but uh, yeah, we'll know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That um, sucks. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Okay. So that, I mean, you mentioned uh, kind of a few things, but then I think you getting evac'd off of Everest, that's pretty crazy. I think that's your, that's your, that's your winning moment there for craziest moment on a, on a ride. <laughs> pretty cool. So, yeah. So again, I know you love Disney Universal. So of all the parks that you go to, you've been to, what is your favorite attraction that you've experienced? Ooh. I think right now I'm going to just have to go with Forbidden Journey. It could probably change in a minute or two, but I'll go with that. Being on that kook arm was really something different feeling when I first went on it. And I, it was one of the first times I remember being really blown away by a ride. And sitting yeah. on the end of a kook arm was pretty interesting and different. And to feel like the sensation when you get flipped almost on your back, it feels like you're basically flat. I don't know how far up it actually goes vertically, but it feels like you're like laying on your back. And it was just such a different feeling ride than anything I'd ever been on. Even coasters or, you know, dark rides. It was just so different feeling. And it, it's novel it's still kind of novel so I, I think that's still my favorite like technologically and stuff like that right now that's actually a great answer i mean it's a great ride and you know i've ridden both the one in florida and the one in hollywood they're very very similar theming is a little different but very similar um the first one i rode was in hollywood in uh 2017 and i was blown away by it again i'm an engineer i love seeing how things work and been on that ride many times and one of the times that i wrote it early on i didn't necessarily just look forward i looked off to the yeah, side yeah. so i could see the other arms and it's crazy how big those arms are i mean they're pretty high up there and the other thing that's really crazy about that yeah. ride it's a family ride it, you know of course it's designed to be a family ride but there's some decent amount of intensity there you know, oh, especially yeah, towards the middle like when you get flipped on your back yeah and yeah i mean i'm that's why i'm excited at the prospect of a uh, plus you know th you know going up lift hills and going down drops and whatever else may oh, be yeah. going on my, my guess as to how that'll work by the way is because the coaster forces is it'll be sort of like how guardians of the galaxy mission i'm not mission break out excuse me cosmic rewind is going to be where you're going to have yep. some high speed coaster elements and then some slower speed um scenes so i think the arms will lock into place forward for the coaster elements and then it'll pause in certain areas or go slow for the show scenes where the arm will move around i think it'll be an interesting yeah i, so. yeah, I think it'll be interesting we'll see we'll see hopefully soon all right forbidden journey yeah forbidden journey was so good that by the time they opened green got to as as awesome as the technology is in green gods i was kind of like let down i was like you did forbidden journey first and now we get this which is really cool but it just didn't give me the same feeling because forbidden journey was just so different so i don't know yeah i i, I get it i i like i love both for different yeah, i do too um, i do too but yeah here's a little more little actually another Vakoma story so um a little bit of behind the scenes on the coaster side what's cool for a coaster enthusiast about green gods <laughs> is first of all that's a coaster credit and us coaster people we yep you know my, my, my count right now is 337. 
we keep and so that's a that's a credit you put it in the app and it's an, it adds to your score that's awesome adds to your account but as part of that um and part of it being a coaster that tilt at the beginning yeah, yeah. there are very 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 few coasters in the world that tilt and that is the only one in the u.s there's yeah, one in cool. taiwan yeah it's super cool there's one in taiwan and there's a, a, a dueling tilting coaster in china actually I've, I've been on that one obviously much bigger with, with versions and loops crazy coaster but you know that tilting in the beginning is pretty cool it's very unique and one thing i do love about gringotts is and it and it works so well i mean dynamic attractions their work along with um i think premiere did the track and, and you know no it was intimate yeah, track it was premiere sorry. too Oh, Intamin? Yeah, I, I thought Premier, it was Premiere for a minute there. I think it's Intamin. I'm pretty sure Intamin did the track. I'll go with you. I'll dynamic. default to you. You would know. Yeah. And Dynamic Attractions did a lot of theming and so forth and bringing it all together as they so often do. They're so such an amazing company. The, the synchronization between the film and what's going on in the film and the ride, like when those, the whatever those giant golems or whatever, they're, whatever they are, those knights where they yeah, kind yeah. of start kind of twisting you and throwing you. I mean, it's so well synced every time I've ridden it, but really unique ride. But I think Forbidden Journey is more wow factor overall. Yeah, yeah. I think so, the uh, the other yeah. thing too, just basic technology, like overall ride, not just coaster, but on Gringotts, the hole yeah. in the wall, the hole in the wall that happens at the end and the, on the yes. big screen, it happens yes. so fast. And that is not a small thing. That thing blows my mind too. Like just knowing that, that, really that cool. moves, it's huge. It's not small. That is really cool. Yeah. And it happens I thought, you so know, fast. Yeah. I I, uh, I was just on Green Gots a couple of weeks ago. I usually ride that most days I go. And I was looking at that. I'm like, that is so cool that it happens. It's it's really neat. Yeah, yeah for sure. Cool. Technology, you got to love it. So yeah. And actually, so you, okay. Speaking of which, I was going to ask you this. So uh, you haven't been down here in a little while. When's the last time you went to the parks down here in Florida? Mm. Maybe two years now, because I've been trying to move. And then I was going to move last year, and then COVID hit. So now I'm, I'm on this year. So hopefully this year I'll be moved. Then I won't have to worry. So have you been on Hagrid's yet? I have not. I have not. Okay. Please, please don't rub it in. I'm not going to rub it in. I'm not going to rub it in. Please. But uh, <laughs> you got to get on it. So because yeah, you love yeah. motorcycles. I do. Love the whole motorcycle thing. You know, I'm and I used little, to ride too. I'm a little terrified about getting in a sidecar. I'm not used to my butt dragging on the ground like that. It's going to freak me out. <laughs> Well, the, the, the motorbike is, it's called, of course, the British and the, and yeah. the sidecar seat, they ride differently. They are. Cause you're just, it's such a different verticality to oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but they're both fun. I prefer the motorbike seat, but cause I like being more out in the open and higher up, but um, Gee, a guy who rides, yeah. used to ride motorcycle likes the motorcycle seat. Yeah. No, go, <laughs> go figure. Right. Right. But what I was going to say is in terms of technology, besides the whole drop track on that, which is, again, another yeah. very uncommon, um, it's, I think, only one of two coasters here in the U.S. that has a drop track. Uh, there is also uh, one overseas, I think, in the U.K. that has it, um, 13, I believe. Any case, besides the drop track, uh, Intamin, who who made that coaster, they're also uh, the ones that built Velocicoaster that's just about to open. Intamin has some really cool technology, what's called quick switch or quick track switch technology, yeah, yeah, where... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're familiar with that. Yeah. So that quick track switch um, that happens right after you go up the spike that as you're coming down, it, it's yep. already switched over. Yeah, it's, I mean, you don't see it because it's in fog and everything, but it's obviously happens very quickly. And it's I've so not cool. heard. Yeah. And I've not heard of any failures of it where the brakes and the spike have to kick in because it hasn't you know so because that spike is pretty tall pretty steep yeah. too so that'd be kind of crazy to get stuck on it with that but anyways yeah intimate's got some great tech oh, so all right so your favorite ride. what's that i said i can't wait to get on that ride i want to ride the oh, front yeah, you're and gonna the love back. it i want to see both of them oh so bad oh yeah you're gonna love it it's so rewritable it's so smooth so much fun and and david who's who's on here with us in the background here uh he's coming down with our other friend iva who ups out with coaster challenge yeah uh, she, nice she, yeah 
they're coming down here in October to come come uh, visit the parks and visit me. And uh, they're going to get a lot of firsts. They're going to get first on Hagrid's, first on Velocicoaster. Uh, yeah, the last for- the last time last time I was down in Florida was 2017, and that was my very first time visiting all the parks Ooh, down there. But Bush awesome. Garden, Bush Gardens, Tampa will be my first official visit when I get down there this year. So. I'm looking forward to it. That's awesome. Yeah, you're going to yeah, like hopefully that. Hopefully, oh, it's a great park. I'm actually going there myself. Uh, looks like Saturday, a couple of days. But uh, uh, hopefully, Iron Guazi will be open by then. Hopefully, Icebreaker at SeaWorld Orlando will be open then. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> lots nice. of good stuff coming. Talk, lots of good like, stuff. I feel like I'm going to talk about Iron Guazi forever now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. You and Yeah, yeah. I've heard you guys talk yeah, about it. Yeah, I know. I'm sure you do, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, we do. We do, for we sure. We were talking about uh, it before the last IAPA, I think, if I remember right. That's ridiculous. Yes, a long time. Yes, it's been a while. It's been a long time coming. The uh, have you have you been to Galaxy's Edge yet, Ian? No, no. It uh, it right. opened. I think the year after my last, we went there on a New Year's. I was there for New Year's one year, and I think that opened the year or two after that. I can't remember for sure. I'm bad. Well, I know you're a big so. sci-fi fan. I know you're a big sci-fi am, fan I, like me. Yeah, I have thoughts on Galaxy's Edge that most people don't agree with, probably, but that's okay. I have some thoughts too that are a little spicy thoughts. take but yeah yeah i i know you're getting that there i know you're getting that well along those <laughs> lines of uh, sort of not necessarily positive thoughts so um we don't try to focus too much on negativity on the show but yeah we talked about your favorite attraction being uh, a forbidden journey what is your least favorite attraction and of course why my least favorite attraction in any park are shows i rarely go to shows there are exceptions but generally i i, I just as talented as the people are it's rare that a show is a, is something that'll capture me my attention long enough for me to want to sit through the whole thing i do like really um, like the horror makeup show i never miss i never miss that one you know like muppets 3d isn't really a show but it is i, I don't miss that but that's about it man i don't i don't really sit through any shows they don't really do anything for me like i don't really want to see a, a another version of a retail of finding nemo no matter how cool the costumes <laughs> are or how talented the people are just no offense to them it's just not a draw to me personally i mean i went to music school with arts people and everything i think it's awesome and i love that and i would if there was there was money if they would get paid more if i went and sat through it i would definitely do that but they get paid the same if i watch it or not so it doesn't hold my interest good point good point i will give you this one piece of advice probably me no where I'm going with this already. I know you and Alicia talked about it on an episode not too far back. The Born Stuntacular. Yeah, I'm going to sit through it once. Yes. It's spectacular. It it really yeah, is. I, I've been to a lot I, of stunt shows, but... I didn't miss the T2 show either. That was fun. That was, okay. the, other one. That was like, the other one I never missed. So Yeah, it's a great show. If, if you like T2, you like the Stuntacular. It's, it's so well done. And there's so many moments in that show, and David, you'll love it too, where it's like, how do they do that? It's like the screen in, at the end of Gringotts. It's yeah, things yeah. like that where, yeah, it's, it, the technology is amazing in it and the stunts are great. So, um, cool. but I get yeah. it. I'll, yeah. A lot of shows are don't grab your, you know, grab your attention. Totally makes sense. So, so, you know, again, talked about this a little bit earlier, but you know, the kind of the one, one of the last things I just want to talk about is if there's any advice you want to give people, you know, just to remind you that the coaster challenge mission is basically taking the concept that theme parks are not just about having fun. They certainly are about having fun, but they're also, they can be a huge have a huge impact in someone's life, whether it be helping with anxiety or depression, or even helping with physical afflictions, making, you know, easing pain even, or, you know, David has Tourette's and his Tourette's are basically kept at bay without any medication by going to theme parks, riding coasters. Yeah. Is there anything you wanted to share in that regard, whether it be for yourself or, you know, people, you know, where you've seen some positivity along those lines? Well, for me, um, I'll get a little personal. I don't really talk 
with this stuff much with strangers, but I have a medical thing that's sure. pretty rare. And uh, I'm also adopted. So, you know, it's a little double double whammy there for me. My parents used to take me to places like Disney and stuff as like, you know, their special gifts for me because I would be in the hospital for like a month or two at a time. I'd be doing schoolwork and everything else in a hospital bed. So my parents would do stuff like that. I got a Nintendo and video games and stuff like that for going to the hospital and behaving because there was a lot of trauma involved. I was on a, a research grant and my doctor was not very nice and he was not a pediatric doctor. So there's a oh. lot of issues and trouble. And uh, so my parents would always treat me. I had a music teacher, which is probably why I'm drawn to music, who would treat me to stuff after he was uh, misdiagnosed with cancer once in his life and he had no hair. So he was wearing wigs and stuff. And he, he looking back, he's probably a gay dude. His name is Mr. Biako and he was awesome. He would take me to movies, wow. the circus, all kinds of stuff. So I've, I've been lucky to meet people and be touched. And um, one of those things that happened to me was theme parks. My parents always took me every year. They took me out of school for it. Back when I was a kid, October is when we would go because, you know, there was no food and wine festival and it was quiet. The temperatures back then were usually like 70s, 80s. So it was a nice time of year to go. Right. Because that used to be the locals' time of year. So we would go and just be thus in the parks. Not a lot of crowds. But that was kind of my gift, you know, for doing the stuff I had to go through. They were kind of just like, let's go have fun as a family. But it honestly became more than that. I have so many memories. And obviously it it latched it latched itself into my into my system. Even before podcasts, I would sit and read like Jim Hill Media articles or like Mice mm-hmm. Chat, like the articles, the forums. I used to go on a um I used to go on a, a cast member forum and just read that stuff. Like just read cast members talking about people in the parks and things that would happen. And you know, I just totally absorbed in it totally and i think um learning about the technology and then also looking at it and loving it for what it is and also seeing things and realizing that it's not this but also allowing yourself to be enveloped in it all and just giving yourself a place to just forget everything else and just have fun and it's done a lot for me just doing that just walk around and just you know just be absorbed into it all and just love it the other thing i would say is if you have opportunities and they're not too scary for you just say yes if it makes you a little nervous don't say no, just say yes. I have a lot of what I call dumb luck in my life because I just said yes to things. And the podcast I'm on, I've met, I mentioned the gym, I've met world-class trainers that get paid six figures to do two-hour seminars and train with them for free just because I said yes to something, you know? And I've been able to meet and have a lot of amazing experiences just by saying yes. And I've met a lot of people and some of those choices landed me here right now. So you never know. I wasn't reading all that stuff and falling in love with theme parks and the nostalgia of it all thinking I was going to be talking on a podcast of any kind one day because, you know, I'm just me. I'm nobody. You never know what's going to happen to you. So just say yes to things, especially if they're not too scary. It's my advice to people. I got that from Henry Rollins, so I can't take credit. Hey, I love everything you just said there, Ian. A couple things to unpack there. So first of all, um, you know, thanks for sharing a little bit, uh, you know, kind of peek behind Ian there yeah, in your so earlier life. Yeah, I know that. I appreciate that. And uh, thanks for sharing that with us and, your, and our listeners. But yeah, that's really cool. I mean, for me, going to theme parks was just, you know, something fun I did as, a, you know, with family or with friends. But for you, you know, theme parks from a very young age were really special yep. because they were your, like, your reward and, and sort of made up for these other sort of, tr- you know, traumatic things you had going on that were unique that you yep. experienced. And so they made them very special, put them in a very special place. That's really cool. And, you know, the other thing you mentioned is, I think, very powerful. We've had a variety of people on the show. Some people like just like yourself, myself, David. You know, there's people who love theme parks, you know, when I podcast about it, but at the end of the day, we just love theme parks. We've also had some professionals, professional speakers on here, you know, people that really understand the human psyche a little bit. Really, one of the things I, I really tell people all the time, my friends, you know, and I'm going through some, as you know, Ian, both you and, you and David know, I'm going through some major personal yeah. trauma right now in my life and different, a couple of different sources. And I'm still here. I'm positive. I'm joking around. 
I'm, I'm engaged in my life. I'm going to my theme parks. I'm going to movies. I'm hanging out with friends. I'm living my life because I know what I need to do to keep myself going and not let that negativity that's surrounding me elsewhere, you know, suck me down. So being positive, I talk about that all the time because I've been there. I know how powerful it is. That's what I'm doing right now. But as part of positivity is like you said, and I don't think, I don't necessarily think we've heard a, a previous guest really get into this too much, but saying yes, just opening up yourself to possibility, not shutting things out. You haven't tried a certain type of food before, say yes to it, try it. The worst that's going to happen, you won't like it, don't eat it again. Yep. You know, try out a new ride, try out a, you know, some new type of music a friend shares with you. You might find some new favorites. That happens yep. to me all the time. So I love that you engage in that and embrace that. And that is really powerful. Yeah, uh, it's great. I mean, that. Yeah, man, you get a lot from it. And I do need to also thank Tra Tracy and Lee from UULP because Tracy tormented me a lot to be their guest host on one of their shows. And that's how Alicia heard me. And that's how that all started. So I owe nice. the whole entire podcast thing that I do to Lee and Tracy at UULP, who are awesome people. I love them to death. I love the crew over there in general. They're sweet people. And I've made friends from them too. I'm friends with Chris, who's on that show, and Darren, who was on that show. So all of them are great right. over there. But yeah, nice. so I need to thank them too because you know, Tracy pushed me a little bit too. That's fantastic. That's awesome. Sometimes the, those friends are like, you talk, also talked earlier about that, that music teacher that you had. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I had Biaco. some great, yeah. I had some great teachers growing up, you know, high school and college and so forth, you know, where they pushed me. One of my, one of my teachers in college, I, I took a class with him. Then he invited me to do an internship with him. And that became my first professional job after that, working at his company. Yeah, man, that's uh, working awesome. Full time, so you know, again, opening yourself to possibilities. So yeah, one, um, one check this out. So, yeah, uh, Mr. Biako couldn't take me in the movie once, and they let me pick whatever movie I want. So this, this oh. his assistant was Mr. Hughes. Um, Mr. Hughes was like a sixty or seventy year old man. I dragged this poor man to see Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. That was the ah. movie I picked as a kid. Love so I'm sitting it. in a theater with this old dude watching Elvira with him. <laughs> love it yeah he was love awesome it too. so actually that right there i'll tie in a quick story for me of something else you mentioned kind of a few minutes ago again plugging other other entities in, in the theme park universe um i'm a huge fan of mice chat uh dusty sage is awesome i listen to their podcast him and doug barnes uh both uh co-host that podcast and i've done mice chat events because he used to live in california and dusty's based there okay. in la and one of my favorite events i ever did with them my, my friend yaz and i did was um i'd been to not scary farm before love not scary farm but this last time i did it before moving out to florida in 2017 my friend yaz and i we decided to do the mice chat kind of vip experience and you know we got the buffet mrs knots and we actually had some people from knots talking to us there some vips That's and then awesome. dusty Oh yeah. And then there was like 30, 40 of us there. Dusty then took us, he had like a, one of those lightsaber toy swords, you know, light up swords. And he was leading us around the park from haunted house to haunted house, you know, a couple of rides, shows, et cetera. He knew exactly which, which houses hit first and, you know, get the best uh, wait times and all that. Plus we had a, uh, you know, fast lane type access as well that we had paid for as part of the package. But one of the coolest things we did, the houses were awesome. Coolest things we did, we did some tours, some backstage tours of the houses before the park opened for in the evening. But the best thing, because it was the last time you could do it, is that was the last year that Elvira performed. And we got center, oh. like 10 rows back, seeing Elvira performing. Man, I mean, I know she's no spring chicken anymore, but she, oh, that, that woman can move. I'm she jealous. She can move. 
That's awesome. It was a fun she's so fun, man. Fun she's just fun. She is. I love her attitude. That's someone right there has a great positive attitude. Perfect example. She, so she's great. Um, she's fun. Yeah, she is. She is. So, is there any uh, any last things you'd like to share? I don't know, man. I, I don't know what else to talk about. I think we we you you picked a scab open a little bit. I, I let it happen, even though I didn't go into detail. You got a little bit more out of me than That's most fine. people get. Yeah, I'll go with it. I think it's awesome. Hope it helps someone. Facebook, please coming out in the Facebook group. I like interacting with people. Uh, There's also a Discord for Theme Park Stop. Just come and hang out. I like talking to people. That's that's how I met Andrew, and that's how we became friends. So yeah, we talk almost every day now. He's an yeah annoying. Yeah, no, just kidding. No, man, um, you're great. Actually, I love how, I love having no, friends like that. No, you're no, I love interactions because you and I we share a lot of similar passions, not just oh, yeah, parks. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot of a lot of cultural things, movies, TV shows, um, music. Yeah, but even the things so, we don't, we have fun yeah. discussions on, so it's fine. Oh yeah, we've had some fun escalated discussions, absolutely. <laughs> and um, that that reminds me, we talked about the Park Stop podcast at the beginning here a little bit during the this interview, um, but I did briefly mention the Theme Park Stop Facebook group at the beginning, but I do want to kind of plug that yeah, yeah. In here for a specific reason. So I am, um, as many of us poster enthusiasts, theme park fans, I'm a member of a number of theme park groups on Facebook. Yep. And I'm not just saying this because you're here, Ian. I, I, I scouts uh-huh. honor my hands sure. up here. One of the things I love about the theme park stop group is between you and Alicia and, and a couple of the other people on there that are admins, you guys do a great job of policing the group and keeping it, keeping it on the straight and narrow. People have fun in there. But, you know, no bullying, no, you know, just, you know, it's, it's kept, it's policed well in a good way. And uh, that's what, yeah, absolutely. You guys do a great job. And that differentiates it from a lot of other groups where, especially now in this day and age, you know, bullying and whatnot, where um, I have been a part of, of various Facebook groups that are not policed at all or well. And I've had to leave them because it just, it's either I, you know, people come after me or even not that. I just see awful things in there. It's just like, I don't want to be part of it. But theme park yeah, stop is I have the a hard opposite time, of that. I have a hard yeah. time keeping my mouth shut when I see stuff. So yeah, no, that's yeah. good. That's good. That's good. So anyway, so to that end, anyone listening, check out theme park stop Facebook groups to search under groups on Facebook. Uh, you guys will have a great time in there. And uh, Isha, uh, I just combined your names. You guys <laughs> uh, no, no, let's not Alicia. start that. No, no. Oh boy, oh boy, that's going to become a thing. Ian and Alicia and the others that run that group, they you know post some great content. Um, you know, information about the new podcast episodes for Park Stop, some great videos and, and uh, just great theme park information and rumors and reviews and just great stuff. So I encourage you all to check it out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, very good. Well, thank you, Ian, for joining us today. I had a lot of fun with you and thanks for uh, kind of peeking behind the curtain and uh, sharing your, your theme park universe and what that's meant to you with us. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. It was fun. Ooh, wow. Oh, that was great. Uh, thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Ian. Yes, thank you so much. It's a really honor to have you on, Ian. And thank you so much for all the great advice you have given to our listeners. And very incredible story there, JD. We've got another very exciting episode next week. Uh, so make sure, guys, turn in, tune in every Friday. We have got new episodes that come out every Friday. And uh, make sure to hit that subscribe button. Make sure to share our podcast with your family and friends. If you have any, uh, we'd love to hear your feedback. If you have any comments or any suggestions, uh, 
make sure to send us an email at CoasterChallengeUSA at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under Coaster Challenge Podcasts. Uh, we definitely love to hear your ideas and suggestions. And if you have any YouTube clips that you'd like JD and I to talk about. Uh, or have us watch and yeah. then we will talk about it. Send them our way. We'd be happy to review them and check them out. And we'd love to talk to them on future episodes. So, But until then, we hope you guys all have a wonderful weekend. But until then, this is David Cantu. This is JD Prescott. And we'll see you all next week right here on Coaster Challenge. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? Coaster Challenge.